Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy-to-understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. Hey, I'm Paul Rabelais here, happy to bring you another exciting podcast on our estate planning podcast. This one is all about the oh, important decision that people analyze when they're putting their legal affairs in order for the benefit of their family, their loved ones. It's whether they should use a last will and testament or a revocable living trust as the instrument that they take advantage of to pass along their estate to their survivors in whatever form they want to pass it along in. All right, so here's the deal. Um, people putting their legal affairs in order, they often have a decision to make. And I guess every time someone puts their legal affairs in order, they have a decision to make. And one of the decisions they have to make is, should I use a will as the legal instrument to pass along my estate to my heirs, or should I use a living trust? So we'll start with the basics and then go through how people look at it and start to give you some uh, understanding of what goes on in that decision-making process. So we'll start with the if you have a will, we'll move to the if you have a trust and what happens, and then we'll I'll tell you at the end what our our clients tell us when they ultimately you know make that decision. And again, that's just one of many decisions that goes in the whole estate planning process. So when we look at this, um, first we'll look at the will and how all that works. So if if you use a last will and testament as the legal instrument to pass along everything that you have to your loved ones, your you know your will might have many, many provisions in there, but it may state something like I leave my estate to my spouse or I leave my estate or certain assets to my kids. It might even say, and this starts to confuse people, that I leave my estate or part of it to a testamentary trust and that testamentary trust will be established with my assets after I die. So that confuses people. Um, some people in their will they leave their assets to a trust for a number of reasons, whether they want to leave things to a spouse but make sure it goes back to the kids or leaving things to minors or leaving things to irresponsible people or leaving things to people on government benefits who can't inherit in their own name. But nonetheless, it's still a will plan when when you leave everything in your name and you use your will and Inside your will, there's provisions that leave things to what's called a testamentary trust, a trust that's part inside your last will and testament. And then some people, particularly here for the Louisiana folks, may in their will say, I leave the usufruct of my estate or part of it to my spouse and I name my children as the naked owners. doesn't have to be spouse and children, but that's common. So with that will plan in place, you leave all of your assets in your name. So your home stays in your name or maybe in, in you and your spouse's name if you're married. Your other real estate stays in your name or names. Your investments um, all stay in your name. And then when you pass away, your assets are, are frozen. Even though you had a will, 
um, those assets are frozen and your surviving family members, the the executor that's named in the will and the heirs that are named in the will. In Louisiana, they're called legatees. I'm just going to use the word heirs because that's the word people are familiar with. Those people must hire an attorney or attorneys to go through a court-supervised process of getting the assets transferred to the people that are named in the will. Why is that, you might ask? Well, it's, it is that way just because it is. Many years ago, it was determined that our court system, our judicial system, will be responsible for overseeing the management, the administration, and the ultimate distribution of one's assets that are in their name when they die. Probably a good time at this point just to mention you likely have some assets that pass to designated beneficiaries. Perhaps you have IRAs or life insurance, maybe annuities, maybe other retirement plans like 401k accounts. Those are designated to beneficiaries, and your will doesn't control the disposition of those things. But the other types of assets, that all the other assets that you have, they, they are controlled by your will. They're frozen, and your survivors must hire attorneys to go through this court-supervised process. Commonly referred to as probate, sometimes for you Louisiana folks, called a succession and so some people perceive, you know, the, the survivors having to go through that, the delay and expense of it as being very aggravating. So, uh, so some people, as we move here from the will to the trust, some people have a, use a living trust as the instrument to pass along their estate to their heirs. So the example of that, you have what's called your living trust. And maybe if you're married, you and your spouse have your living trust. You may just have one trust. You may have two different trusts, particularly if you have different heirs. But nonetheless, let's just refer to the one trust now. And now inside that trust, it's written up so that when you die, certain assets may go to your spouse, certain assets may go to your kids. Um, the trust may provide that the trust will continue after you die. Um, because, again, you want to make assets available to your spouse, but when your spouse dies, you want those remaining assets to come back to your kids. Maybe your trust will continue after you die if you have irresponsible heirs or minors that you're leaving things to, or, again, people getting government assistance where they can't receive assets in their name or they'll lose the government assistance. So when you have a trust, again, it, the trust really replaces the will and it's real important if you have a living trust with the intention of um, uh, allowing your survivors to receive those assets outside of a, going through a court proceeding, it's real important that you transfer title of those assets to your trust while you're alive. It's typically done as just part of the process of getting the trust set up. So you or your attorney will assist you with transferring your home to your trust, your other real estate, your investments, and so forth. Now, when you have that trust with assets titled in the name of your trust when you pass away, when you pass away, the trust assets aren't frozen. Attorneys and the court system don't have to get involved because the court system only governs assets that are in your name when you die. And when you set up your trust, you designated what's called a successor trustee, maybe your spouse, maybe an adult child, maybe two or more of your children as co-trustees. 
who will have that immediate authority to transfer assets from your trust to the appropriate beneficiaries that are named in your trust. So again, that trust really replaces the will. So which should you have? Should you use a will or should you use a living trust? Well, it's it's ultimately your decision, but, but the following things, um, regardless of the mm, analysis that attorneys make, I'd prefer to share with you what our clients tell us as their reasons for choosing you know, one form versus the other. So we have lots and lots of will clients. We have lots and lots of trust clients. We, I, I know we have more trust clients than will clients, but we got a lot of them. So um, our, our will clients, the ones who wind up saying, you know what, let's, let's put a will plan in place. Perhaps they'll tell me something like, well, you know what, Paul, when, when my mother died, oh, about 12 years ago, I don't remember her probate being too difficult. We had to do the probate to get the house in our names, but, but we weren't in any big hurry. So that's, that's what we hear a lot. And then we also hear, you know, occasionally uh, for people in these circumstances, we might hear, you know what, Paul, I don't have any children so if my favorite charities and my distant relatives that I've named in my will have to go through probate, so be it. I'll be dead, but I want to make it as easy on me as possible right now. So I'm going to keep everything in my name. I'm going to have my will structured the right way. Yes, I realize my heirs will have to go through probate, but that doesn't bother me. Now, our, our trust clients will often tell us something like one of the following. You know what, Paul, when my, when my father died, his, his probate took years and it was difficult and it was expensive and I don't want my kids to have to go through that. Or they might say, you know, my spouse and I want to make things as easy as we can on each other after one of us dies. Might say, um, if my spouse and I can establish a trust now and save the future delays and expenses of two probates because there's going to have to be a probate when each one of us dies if we leave our assets in our names, then the trust sure seems like a no-brainer. And then other people say, Paul, we've, you know, we, we're trying to get all of our affairs in order. We've prearranged our funeral arrangements to make it easy on our survivors. And we'd like to do something similar with our estate to have it all as prearranged as we can. And so they choose the trust over the will in those circumstances. And then some people stay, say in, incorrectly or not, they say, Paul, we want to protect our estate from nursing home expenses. So we want to transfer our, our estate to a trust. Now that one we got to talk about because the typical avoid probate revocable living trust doesn't give any protection from nursing home expenses. So we have to have another conversation about a different uh, type of trust with different provisions to, to get that nursing home protection in place. Now, if you, if you go the trust route, you're going to want to make sure that on YouTube you watch my video titled, If You Have a Revocable Living Trust, Watch This Now. It's a popular video as of the time that I'm making this podcast. If you just go to YouTube and do a search for Revocable Living Trust, it'll pop up first. And uh, make sure you watch that because it talks all about the funding of the trust and how important that is. 
So your bottom line here on this will or trust decision is you need to talk to an estate attorney. You need to go ahead and take that action. Now, hopefully when you're talking to the estate attorney, that attorney won't be so biased one way or the other so that you're not able to make an informed decision and um, and you're able to you know gather all the necessary facts facts and feel good about the decision that you've made. But really important that you take action. Um, the consequences of not taking action, and I realize sometimes clients get involved in this kind of paralysis by analysis, and they don't take action. But the consequences of not taking action are really the the government controls everything about your estate. And most people don't like that. They want to have the control over their estate and what happens to it both while they're alive and when they pass away. So real important that you take action. Okay, hope that gives you some guidance on this will or living trust decision. Um, now go take action and leave a legacy.